Grab a cup of coffee, a notepad, and a pen. Coffee's for closers only. It's time to talk marketing. Stick around, pal. I still got a lot to teach you. Each week, we bring you some of the best marketing conversations with entrepreneurs who are outthinking, outperforming, and out-earning their competition. No frills, no fluff. And now your host, Jonathan Taylor. All right, welcome back to the show this week. I'm Jonathan Taylor. Today, we're going to be talking marketing, specifically using influencer marketing, an influencer marketing approach. And I love this. Uh, we're going to be talking about this with our guest today on the show because it's there's a there's some really good takeaway lessons from this as it pertains to growing your business. In other words, you can tap into people that, you know, really have an influence on your target market. Instead of you doing all the work, you can really tap into those influencers in your in uh, that you can connect with and uh, really build a relationship with them first. And and uh, I think there's going to be some great takeaway lessons from this. Our guest today is Mark Tyrall. He is the owner of an e-commerce start, startup called Batic Door Energy Con- Conservation Products. They've been in business now for 13 years, and uh, their sales are uh, somewhere between one and a half and $2 million range. They manufacture, sell, and sell home energy conservation products and that block drafts and improve comfort and efficiency uh, in the home by preventing drafts and energy loss. Their products include uh, fireplace plugs, um, uh, attic covers, uh, insulation, attic access doors, vent covers, and much more. Uh, Mark, thanks for joining me today to share a little bit about your your uh, your company and share some lessons that you can offer about your uh, success and growing your business over the last 12, 13 years. Thank you, Jonathan. Happy to be here today. Well, I tell you, before we start, um, why don't you share a little bit about your background? Tell us a little bit about yourself and how did you, uh, what led you to um, uh, create this company uh, 13 years ago? Well, very good. Yeah, it was a, um, well, yeah, my background, I studied engineering in college and I'm employed as an engineer. And so I have that mechanical background. And Mm -hmm. um, when I bought my first home, I had uh, noticed right away that I had a a pull-down ladder that was leaking a lot of energy. So I built a cover for it that made it airtight and restored the insulation that you remove when you put in these pull-down ladders. And, you know, there wasn't anything available on the market at the time, so I, I built my own. And, uh, you know, I had the idea, I wonder if other people could use these types of products. Um, Subsequently, I uh, took a part-time job as a home inspector, and I was in and out of hundreds of different homes crawling through the attic and kept seeing the same, you know, missing insulation, the same problems. And and from there, I thought that it could really um, uh, take off. My challenge was, how would I uh, market such a product? And so I, I figured after I had the product developed and designed and, and manufactured for me, I, uh, I simply built a website, turned it on, and on the first day I turned it on, I had my first sale. And from wow. There we grew it, yeah, and from there we grew into a, um, a uh, much, much larger company. It's been 13 years, but it's still something that I, I consider to be a very small business, and it's it's been growing up pretty quickly. But we went from our basement to our garage to some rented storage spaces to a couple of um, 
uh, garage warehouses. Now we have a 5,000 square foot uh, building with loading dock and fork truck and, you know, several employees. So it's really something that's grown up, you know, fairly organically over time. That's amazing. I mean, considering that you you have started, I mean, in 13 years, that's really not a long time for a company to move, you know, to grow um, at the rate that you all have. I mean, what you're looking at, what, $2 million in, in sales this year? We're hoping to reach that. And uh, but I could tell you every year for the last 13 years from day one until today, we've increased our growth. It's a straight shot up and it's um, it's just growing uh, you know, quite, quite consistently, and and um, every year we we seem to do a little bit more and more. Now, keep in mind this is an e-commerce business, and basically developing uh, you know, customers to to come look at our products. Most of our customers are homeowners or end users that um, they don't know they need our product, and they often stumble across us or or um, you know, are referred to us by a neighbor or a friend that had found us, but we're just one of the billions of websites out there online and, and to try to find new customers and to try to uh, uh, you know, um, develop market awareness. It's been a real challenge. Yeah, I, I can... My background I... is... Yeah, I was gonna say I can imagine 13 years ago when you first launched having a website up there, uh, probably the competition was it maybe as uh, as tough now probably today with uh, so many websites and 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 uh, so many other competitors out there online. I'm sure it's a it's a completely different ball game today. It, it is. I really agree with that. We, um, yeah, it's a challenge every day to find new customers and to. Um, you know, find uh, drive sales, increase sales. But we have a, a niche product and a mature website, so we get good search ratings. But you have to be looking for us, and that's part of our challenge is to try to um, educate or let people know that there are such products out there. We've grown and expanded over the years. We've added several new products, and we resell others. And so we've got solutions for almost everybody who owns or rents a house or an apartment and, and we can save them some energy and improve their comfort um, with one or more of our products. Now you said you, uh, prior to starting this company, you worked as a home inspector. How, how long did, were you in the uh, home inspection business before, uh, before launching this company? I, I probably did that for about two years and that was a part-time job, but it really exposed me to, um, you know, many, many typical issues going on in, in an average house. You know, I was in big houses, little houses, and uh, these are pre-purchase sale inspections. So mm-hmm. I, I got to climb through and give my advice as far as the condition of the home. But kept seeing the same uh, issues uh, as far as energy loss in, in almost every home I was in. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say that's a, that was a good, uh, foundation probably for yourself, just seeing, you know, some of the problems, uh, some of the places where people were losing money every year. Um, I'd say that was a good foundation for you to start this business and gave you kind of a good, maybe a good education, uh, and, and a little experience along the way before starting this. I think so. Yeah. Because I had the engineering background, the product development and the, uh, you know, the design, that, that kind of came to me a little bit uh, easily. But when it 
turned into, okay, build a website. You know, I, I struggled there, but there are solutions, and I found a solution that made it quite easy as far as creating the website. But then to become a salesperson, that, that's really a challenge, <laughs> yeah. and I've struggled with that, continue to struggle with that. Now, um, you know, we're, we're eventually going to hire some full-time, you know, sales staff, but until then, we're just growing slowly and, and steady using the, the resources we have. Yeah, that's a, I I would say most engineers that I've always I've worked with in the past and have talked to it's um there's a uh you know, they actually make really good salespeople, but it's it, that transition into sales initially is is um is a little difficult because it's uh it's not something they're used to, but I found that a lot of engineers uh, with backgrounds like yourself, actually make very good salespeople because they uh, they know the product really well and they have a good understanding, yeah. a good foundational knowledge when people ask questions. That's right. Technical sales is it's it's not a very uh, technical product, but it is something that we can speak to the technical aspects of it, how it how it meets a need. Exactly. Exactly. Well, let's get into, let's talk some uh, marketing uh, because that's what we're here to discuss. And I want to talk specifically, I love stories where, uh, you know, people kind of go unconventional when it comes to marketing. And, and I wouldn't call this completely unconventional, but obviously you have used some some strategies, obviously marketing online. I'm, I'm sure you guys are doing a lot of that with your um you know, search optimization and, and, uh, paid advertising and all of that stuff. But that's, that's a tough, you know, again, as you mentioned, it's competitive today, uh, with so many other, uh, competing products out there, but you've used a, a system, uh, an approach to marketing that I really like and it, and you call it the influencer marketing approach. Why don't you share a little bit about that and just kind of the way you've implemented that within your own business to really uh, grow your sales just in the last two years. I think you mentioned you've had about a 50% increase just in the last two years kind of implementing this. That's right. We've had tremendous success. And the way it started was that we had some inquiries, several in a row, from architects that wanted to specify our products. They discovered us and they informed me that uh, that they were going to go ahead and specify our products in a project that they were developing. And uh, that was wonderful news to me, and I thought, I'm going to try to capitalize on this and see what I can do. Uh, what I did was I learned a little bit more, and um, I found that there was a, a code requirement that's come into effect. And so the architects and the builders that would use our products or specify our products were really looking for a solution and we had a, we had such a solution and so what we wanted to do was try to expand on that and target these architects as well as uh, builders and contractors now what was the so, process of getting getting in touch with these because again you've just you've laid out an influencer market with architects and builders and uh you know obviously these are guys that you want to be obviously develop those relationships with what was your initial approach to kind of reaching out to them and really uh introducing your product and uh you know kind of introducing yourself and your product to them Well what what I did was I went to several different trade shows 
and exhibited mm-hmm. uh, with a booth at some shows. And these were shows for the architects. There's a Architect Institute of America trade show and expo. So we took a booth there. So we were in front of thousands of architects. We mm-hmm. were in their literature and brochures, sure. show information. And they could walk by and learn about our business, about our product, uh, grab a card or a brochure. Uh, you know, these are investment type of trade shows. They're not, we're not selling, we're not getting an immediate return on investment. So before I invested in these trade shows, we had to do a bit of a careful study and say, well, you know, this is what we're going to have to put into this and is right. it going to pay off? And we had a, we had, you know, a real positive thought that, yeah, this would pay off down the road yeah. because uh, if one person uses it, other people will learn about it. Sure. And so it's going to start to snowball. So that's where if you gain an influencer, they're going to influence other people, eventually your customer. Absolutely. And, and it only takes, uh, well, you know, you want more, but you, you think about it, you know, it takes one uh, one or two builders, I mean, they're going to, they're in business and they, they're sold on your product and they're going to be, I mean, that's almost, if you can develop a lifetime relationship with them, you know, the lifetime uh, sales off of that is, is worth the initial investment. I'm sure. I mean, what, what did it cost initially for you, uh, expense wise and it being a part of a lot of these trade shows, I'm sure. Obviously, there's a you know there's a uh, a fee to be involved to be a part of that trade show. And what were some of the initial costs up front that you had to invest in uh, to make this work? The, a typical trade show is going to be in the four to five thousand dollar range to you know to rent the table for the couple three days uh, during the show. Um, you can add in travel and meals, and then also shipping to get your booth and your your show materials out to the right, show and right. delivered to your booth. Um, we didn't have much more than a tabletop with some banners. Uh, we had to buy some banners and take care of some artwork and literature. We had to do some of that. So we probably were doing about fifteen to $20,000 worth of investment a year into mm-hmm. this marketing campaign. And we did this for two years uh, before... Um, we moved on to other types of print advertising, but the jump into the trade show is really to bring awareness, brand sure. awareness to these influencers. So um, overall, a fairly small investment, you know, based on our revenue and our, yeah. uh, our, our budget. And the but return, the, the ROI initially, what, as you mentioned, wasn't there because it's, it's, it's not an overnight, uh, it's not an overnight, a spigot that you turn on and uh, you right. start getting leads from that. You know, this is a, uh, this is a long-term approach when it comes to, to marketing and uh, but it's worth it, you know, because you may not see results for another, you know, a year or so down the road, but, uh, but you do see it because it's um, people pick up your card. As you mentioned, they pick up a, a flyer brochure or whatever they take it home. Did you, or as far as your booth goes, you mentioned most, mostly just flyers and brochures and, and, and uh, you know, material that you could hand out. Were there any kind of uh, videos or anything like that that people could look at to see to kind of get them an idea, or is it mostly just uh, pro, you know just uh, brochures and things like that that you could send them away with? Well, we did have the brochures and business cards so that they could um, bring something home with them, 
but we also had a video uh, going of uh, that. We have several videos that show our product and how they're installed and used. So with a, just a, a you know watching for a minute and a half to two minutes, they could get a real good idea of of how the product would meet their needs. And we also had samples of the products there in the booth that they could touch and feel. And so they could get a real good idea of, of you know, what it is that we offer. Yeah, that's great. That's fantastic. Now, you mentioned um, in addition to uh, this strategy, you were also doing some direct mail uh, in addition to that, is that direct mail, uh, approach that you're using, are you using that straight to the consumer or are you basically using a direct mail to go to the influencers that we've been, uh, we've been talking about? Oh, direct to the influencers. Yeah. So in addition <laughs> that's, to the trade shows that we did for the architects. And we also did a trade show for the building code officials with our product line of building materials. And uh, we wanted to let the building code officials know about our solution. Mm -hmm. They're the ones that work with the builders and have to okay their work, mm -hmm. reject their work if it doesn't meet those building codes, and provide them with guidance uh, so that the, the, ultimately the builder has to be able to meet that code. And if, if the building code official could, could say, hey, you know, here's, a, here's something that you can use. Yeah. That would be terrific. Right. And so we reached out to those building code officials at a trade show, just like we did the architects. So we targeted two very specific trade shows, and we did them for two years. We thought that um, we would attempt to influence these two groups for two years. Uh, while at a trade show, I was approached by a company that that offered project information in the form of an architect's name, a project name, and a, mm -hmm. uh, a mailing address. And so I thought that, thought that that was a very good idea. And so what I do is I purchase these lists quarterly and send out several hundred packets or, or mailers. And basically it's a request um, sent to a specific name and address referencing a specific project that they're working on mm -hmm. with a request to... Uh, introduce our product and, to, and asking the architect, won't you go ahead and specify this in your future or current projects? So it's another way that we're, uh, we're hoping that we can influence them. And once they use it, they'll continue to use it down the road. Now, what is, uh, what's been the, uh, if you can share maybe kind of percentage, what has been the response rate to the direct mail approach? Um, based off of I guess them what what I guess their their call to action is to contact a number or go to a website or probably more or less contact you by phone, correct? That's right. And so the response has been very positive and we feel very good about this. In fact we're continuing to do this annually or quarterly I should say because it's such a good um, it's such a good model. But what we get after the mail goes out is we'll immediately get several emails thanking us for the information and uh, occasionally the, the call, which would be, you know, this is perfect for my project. I'm definitely going to use this or, or even mm -hmm. can I buy one so I can see it in my hands right. and then we can put it into the model home and then we'll use it for hundreds more as, as we construct them down the road. Yeah. 
or 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 even better is oh we're going to specify this and use it on this project and you know the 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 key about this is that the the influencer isn't necessarily your customer it's someone mm-hmm. who's going to influence the final customer yes so it's really a long-term investment you know a year or two down the road is when this will pay off we've seen our our sales grow dramatically this year Again, we're in a very small. We have a very small market share, but the market share could be huge. Um, with some some economists predicting over eight hundred thousand new single-family homes to be built this year, even a one percent market share would be a, a oh, absolutely for us. Yeah, <laughs> and, and so you know, if we can get to one percent, maybe we can get to ten percent. You know, we've got a a terrific product. We're ready to 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 scale up as, as demand increases. And so um, these little steps, I think, will pay off ultimately down the road. Now, I've noticed on your uh, on your website, you've got some uh, uh, featured videos uh, from H- H- HGTV, uh, DIY Network, uh, the International Builder Show. Are these, um, are these videos or, or these shows that your product was probably featured on. I mean, is that is that something yeah, that? Yeah, it's been a, it's been a real thrill. Um, while attending some of these trade shows and others, we do the International Builder Show, which is reaching right out to builders. So, we, um, but there's these television networks that will come around and ask if they could make a video of you demonstrating your product. And it's funny just how one thing leads to another. But I was invited personally to fly out to California and and spend a day shooting a video for the DIY channel. And um, it was such wow. a thrill. There was um, yeah, a director and a cameraman, a sound man, you know. Um, yeah. And, and we, we used a mock-up home with a fireplace, and we talked sure. all about different, you know, using different products. It was quite uh, quite fun and a thrill. And, um, you know, and they featured that on their television show and repeats. and. Oh, wow, that's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I've even written articles and had them published in newspapers. Mm-hmm. And so there, there's lots of different ways to to market, uh, bring attention, and uh, you know help educate the customers to to what you have. Now, did this initial relationship with the uh, DIY and HGTV? You said initially was that through uh, them coming to these trade shows and, and seeing your booth, or uh, yeah, yeah. them learning more about your product. Exactly, uh, they they are interested in promoting new products or new companies. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got mentioned on uh, by Builder Magazine for the best of the uh, uh, couple of best products shown at the Builder Show in 2013, and so um, they did a video and featured us as a small company, but having an important message and a and a great solution. So again, another thrill and. Um, Little by little, we're able to to build some brand awareness and to uh, help influence some customers or influencers who would promote us to their customers. It's it's really about promoting and mm-hmm. and, um, and building some brand awareness. Now, I notice you have you also have uh, products that are specific to you know people with pets, pet door. Uh, mounts that go on any exterior door. I mean, any uh, any approach is in using that same influencer approach to um, 
pet markets or anything like that? Or is it strictly right now with just the builder uh, architecture and builders? Well, um, yeah, what, what we've done is, is designed and have manufactured for us um, several, several of our key products. And over the years, we've added on products made by others that we uh, buy and resell. I see. And our, our line of pet doors is really a unique product. It's um, mm-hmm. the only pet door that's been tested, and um, it's energy efficient, and it's, it's airtight up to a wind speed of 25 miles an hour. So right. the problem with most of the existing pet doors is they, they don't seal and they're, they're going to leak a lot of energy and ours is airtight, energy efficient. So the key with our product line, you could say everything that they share in common is energy efficiency. And so um, with our pet door as well as our other products, what we're trying to do is expand the markets by increasing the, the number of sales channels mm-hmm. that we sell them through. Sure. So, of course, we started with our website, and over the years we added Amazon, we added eBay as other right. uh, sales channels. Uh, but we're also, a couple of years ago, we, we went to Home Depot, and we were uh, asked to join HomeDepot.com, mm-hmm. HomeDepot.com website. So we, all of our products have subsequently been added to their website, and we're in the process of setting up walmart.com. Mm-hmm. So the more and more sales channels means the more and more exposure and Absolutely. Have, yeah. Well, fantastic. So how big's your uh you how many employees do you have? We have uh, a total of 6, uh but 4 of them are part-time. Uh, we're still a bit seasonal. We have a very busy winter season from October until Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, because most people think of us when they get their first heating bill and they say, oh boy, i gotta, <laughs> got to do something. And, you know, most people are familiar with the caulking and weather stripping that you would put on your doors and windows and things right. like that. Right, uh, But all of our products are, aren't sold in stores. Yeah. They're, they're designed to help seal these overlooked openings, mm-hmm. um, like a, a pull-down ladder or a, a fireplace or a clothes dryer, or et cetera. We've got some additional solutions that... So most people think of us when they get their first heating bill, but but just like heating, um, air conditioning loss can also be significant. So you think about Florida or Arizona in the summer, you know, with temperatures get into triple digits. And so we can help save them energy just like we would, you know, a house located in New England in the winter. You know, it's going to be a big temperature difference outdoors you want to keep that expensive air conditioning inside the house not leaking out absolutely well this is mark i i really appreciate you coming on today and sharing you know i i gather three main points uh from what you've described from this influencer approach to your business and it's first of all really the first thing is really determining who or what uh could be the influencer for your company so depending on what your product is who out there in the marketplace could be an influencer can really uh, get in front of your target market. It's kind of that one, one to many approach. You, you know, you influence one person uh, that has a uh, audience of many. Uh, That's to me, that's a much better approach than going after everyone. And uh, so instead of one by one, we were able to, and we were approached by the architects that were asking for us. And so that, that's really, it helped us uh, discover this 
um, this um, influencer program, you know, almost by accident. Yeah. Where they came to us looking for information. So I said, well, this is great. I'm going to reach out to them. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, the, you're right. The first part is who, who could be the influencer for you? And then the, I guess the second follow the the follow up step is then determining how to get in touch with them through uh, from your example trade shows, uh, direct mail out to those influencers. Obviously, there's uh, there's phone calls that you can. Uh, I, I'm I'm sure probably the direct mail and, and trade show were were effective. Uh, were they more effective than just making outright phone calls to those uh, builders and architects? Or does you know very some, much so. Yeah, very much so. Uh, you know, to catch people, you know, by phone when they're not busy or, yeah. or, or it's it's real difficult. But at the show, uh, or even with a direct mail, you know, they can they can read it or or talk to you at, at their convenience. At their convenience on their time, yeah. And, and the, on their time, when when you're phone calling them, you you may be catching them at at, a, at the wrong time. I've you know I've uh, you're kind of intruding on that. Uh, on that time, a lot of times when you're making those phone calls and they really are not even thinking about um, your product. So, yeah, I would say, you know, just in looking that I, I could imagine trade shows, direct mail being the, uh, you know, being the top two. Um, and then lastly, I guess the third part, you know, once you determine how to get in front of them, how to get in front of your influencers, uh, then it's just the executing um, the process and then basically gathering the data or the data from from your success, and as as far as the direct mail, you can quantify. I mean, you can put a uh, an ROI um, on you know how you know how much response you're getting from direct mail pieces. You can quantify from the trade shows. You can you know those are easy to uh, look at and say, okay, these these leads are coming from you know this particular trade show or this direct mail piece or so so these are things that you can uh measure and see hey is this working or <laughs> is it not you know and in your case it was working really well it's true the um uh, whenever we would get a call f- requesting a quote uh say from a, a a builder or a contractor um bidding for a project and they're asking for us to provide them with a quote we would we would always ask well, how did you hear about us? And it's just, well, the right. architect has specified you. And so mm-hmm. that's really our confirmation that this is really um, working for us and our, our product line, our, our business really it seems to be benefiting from this influencer program. So we're going to continue yeah. uh, with the trade shows and with the direct mail pieces and, mm-hmm. and continue to reach out to how, these influencers. How often does your direct mail... Uh, do you send out direct mail pieces uh, each year? Is that once uh, you know every month? Quarterly. Or? Oh, quarterly. Okay. Quarterly. So yep. we send um, about 250 direct mail pieces every quarter, mm-hmm. and we pay for each of these leads. But they're 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 good leads from a vendor, mm-hmm. uh, and it's something that it's we've had really good response from them. I mean, they're they're architects with projects current projects mm-hmm. with their names and addresses. I'm not sure if every type of business, e-commerce business or, or business um, that might be listening could find such a vendor of such good mm-hmm. leads. But yeah. uh, basically, if you can find leads, you want to contact them, especially yeah, the leads mean, that could influence. Yeah. And these aren't, uh, as you mentioned, these aren't just random pull out of pull off of Google or anything like that. I mean, these are qualified to, I guess certain architects, builders that, 
uh, are doing a certain amount of business or in the middle of projects or, or, or so forth. So they are, there is a qualifying aspect to these, to these leads. That's right. Yep. Well, very good. Mark, this has been uh, very uh, educational and I appreciate you coming on today and sharing your strategy. And I, I would say that anybody out there who is uh, growing their business could take this approach. You know, look at those people uh, within your industry that can be influencers uh, to your target market, build relationships with them and, and moving forward. So, uh, Mark, I really do appreciate your time today and sharing. That is uh, Mark Tyrall, again, of Batic Door, Door Energy Conservation Products. You can find them at, uh, I guess, Mark, the best place is BaticDoor.com, and that's spelled with two T's, BaticDoor.com. That's correct. Thank you, sir. Well, very good. Thanks so much.